Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sherlock's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sherlock's partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sherlocksvip.com. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Daily News in Brief from Sherlock's.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Welcome to the Daily News in Brief podcast. Today is the 25th of April and this week's main stories are A spokesperson for the Sri Lankan government has admitted the country's authorities received information two weeks ago warning them of the Easter Sunday terror attacks. At least 359 people were killed in suicide bomb attacks on hotels and churches across Sri Lanka on Sunday. In a statement on Monday, the country's health minister, Rajitha Senaratna, said the authorities had received information about potential attacks on multiple occasions in the two weeks before the bombings, including the names of some of the suspects. According to Senaratna, the prime minister and his cabinet had not been privy to the warnings as they were not invited to National Security Council meetings led by Sri Lankan president, Maitripala Sirisena. The rift between the two leaders is well known. Sirisena has called for a major security overhaul in the wake of the bombings. On Tuesday, the terror group Islamic State claimed responsibility for the attacks. While Islamic State has falsely claimed responsibility for attacks in the past, experts claim Sunday's bombings bear the hallmarks of ISIS-organised violence. Sri Lankan authorities previously suggested a local Islamist group may have been behind the bombings. However, investigators are now thought to be examining evidence of possible international support. Sri Lanka's Defence Minister, Ruan Wijewardene, said the suspects behind the attacks may have been funded and inspired by Islamic State and confirmed many of the bombers had international connections. A state of emergency has been declared in Sri Lanka as investigations continue, with the authorities warning as many as nine suspects could still be on the loose armed with explosives. The suspects include one man believed to have studied in the UK before returning to Sri Lanka. The first burials of victims began on Tuesday after the government declared a day of national mourning. 38 foreign nationals are thought to be among those killed, including eight from the UK. Extinction Rebellion activists held a die-in at the Natural History Museum on Monday as part of protests against the government's lack of action on climate change. The die-in saw up to 100 protesters lie on the floor of the London Museum to raise awareness of mass extinction. Earlier this week, the Metropolitan Police confirmed officers had made more than 1,000 arrests and charged 53 activists in relation to the protests. Demonstrations continued on Tuesday as 16-year-old Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg addressed the Houses of Parliament, telling MPs the UK's active current support of new exploitation of fossil fuels and the expansion of airports is beyond absurd. Protesters are expected to end their blockades today after 10 days of civil disobedience. Rachel Johnson is to stand as a candidate in the upcoming European elections, representing the anti-Brexit party Change UK. Formerly known as the Independent Group, Change UK announced its candidates for the election on Tuesday after receiving more than 3,700 applications. Its selected candidates include former Labour and Conservative MPs and those with no previous political involvement. Among them is the sister of former Foreign Secretary Boris Johnson, Rachel Johnson, who has said Brexit is based on cheating and lies. Change UK is calling on those disillusioned by Brexit to back the party in the European elections on the 23rd of May in the hope of sending a strong message to the government. 
Meanwhile, cross-party Brexit talks between the Prime Minister and Labour representatives resumed on Tuesday. Theresa May is said to be preparing to give the House of Commons a vote on a key piece of Brexit legislation, the Withdrawal and Implementation Bill. Downing Street has continued to insist the PM plans to secure a Brexit deal ahead of the European elections to avoid the UK having to participate. However, negotiations between the PM and Jeremy Corbyn are yet to reach any kind of agreement. In UK news, MP Nicky Morgan has spoken out against an article written by senior Eurosceptic William Cash, saying it's not the kind of language that our councillors or frankly any normal people would use. Cash provoked criticism among MPs over the weekend after writing an impassioned article published in the Sunday Telegraph. In the piece, Cash attacked delays to Brexit as an abject surrender, adding, How low can we sink with the Prime Minister making us crawl on our hands and knees, not only to the EU, but to Germany and France? Speaking on BBC Radio 4's Today programme, Morgan criticised Cash's choice of language as stoking up public hostility towards politicians. The MP warned such words could get some people really, really angry and fired up, and then they will say things that they would never say face to face. Morgan has previously received online death threats from Brexit supporters. A new report from digital account company Pocket has revealed Britons who do not have a bank account pay up to £485 extra each year for bills and services. Those without an account are said to pay a banking poverty premium as a result of missing out on preferential discounts and deals for mobile phone contracts, utility bills and loans. There are approximately 1.23 million unbanked individuals in the UK, with migrants and homeless people frequently among those who struggle to open accounts. Pocket's report calculated the poverty premium figure based on electricity, gas, mobile data, broadband and loan bills. The average cost came to £1,118 per year for those with a bank account and £1,603 for those without. The Prime Minister has marked Stephen Lawrence Day with a speech calling for a fairer and more inclusive society. Held on the 22nd of April, the annual memorial marks the death of 18-year-old Stephen Lawrence, who was murdered in a racist attack in South East London in 1993. Only two of the six men believed to have attacked Lawrence and his friend Dwayne Brooks have ever faced justice. In a speech on Monday, Theresa May described Lawrence's death as a watershed moment, which forced Britain to wake up to the reality of the racism that still exists in our society. The Memorial Day was announced by the PM last year, on the 25th anniversary of Lawrence's death. Labour MP David Lammy has responded to the news Donald Trump is to travel to the UK for a state visit in June, saying he is not fit to hold public office, let alone worthy of our country's highest honours and a banquet with the Queen. The visit is set to coincide with the 75th anniversary of the D-Day landings, but has already provoked criticism from many MPs. Lammy was joined by MP Stella Creasy in condemning Trump's visit on Tuesday, claiming the president's deluded, dishonest and xenophobic record in office means he is no friend of Britain. June's visit follows an official but non-state trip made by Trump last July, which saw thousands of people take to the streets in protest. Anti-Trump campaigners have called for a second protest in the wake of Tuesday's announcement, with demonstrations planned in London on the 4th of June. A report from the London Assembly has called on the Transport for London Commissioner to resign over his handling of crossrail delays. The report scrutinises the performance of Mike Brown and accuses the Transport Chief of watering down information sent to London Mayor Sadiq Khan regarding delays to the project. Brown allegedly amended emails sent between Crossrail and TfL staff last year in order to make project setbacks appear less serious, prompting the London Assembly to demand Brown reflects on whether he is fit to continue to fulfil his role. The report found Crossrail Limited largely missed or ignored risks to the project's scheduled opening date. Crossrail was due to be open last December, but is now facing delays of up to two years as a result of ongoing work to stations and signalling systems. 
The Chief Constable of Greater Manchester Police has warned around 43% of crimes are not being investigated because of a lack of resources. Ian Hopkins said cuts to policing budgets have forced officers to prioritise serious crimes. Speaking to BBC Radio Manchester earlier this week, Hopkins said the public could still rely on police to respond if their life is in danger, but said, if your shed's been broken into, your bike's stolen, your vehicle's broken into, the likelihood of a police officer turning up to deal with that is almost non-existent. Hopkins said around 430 offences each day were not investigated due to a lack of officers. Greater Manchester Police has lost approximately 2,000 officers to budget cuts over the last 10 years, pushing its numbers down to around 6,200. Theresa May is reportedly preparing to allow Huawei to supply equipment for the UK's new 5G data network, despite fears the Chinese telecoms giant could pose a security risk. While the plans have not been formally confirmed by the government, a report in The Telegraph suggests Huawei is to help build non-core parts of the UK's new communications infrastructure. The move goes against the advice of the US government, who recommended the UK ban Huawei from its 5G network entirely. Several Conservative MPs expressed concern over the reports on Wednesday. Chair of the Foreign Affairs Select Committee, MP Tom Tugendhat, claimed the UK's telecoms could be left vulnerable due to unclear distinctions between core and non-core activities. Discussing the risk posed by Huawei's connections with the Chinese state, Tugendhat said it is unwise to cooperate on an area of critical national infrastructure like telecoms with a state that can best be described as not always friendly. The Home Secretary has been urged to act on an immigration scandal described by some as bigger than Windrush. Sajid Javid is facing mounting pressure to respond to the news over a 1,000 people have been forcibly removed from the UK and around 34,000 foreign students have had their visas altered over accusations of cheating levelled by the Home Office. The allegations centre around a 2014 Panorama documentary which revealed cheating had taken place at Home Office-approved English-language testing centres. However, many of those affected claim to have been wrongly targeted. Those facing visa cancellations include students fluent in English, who've been barred from further study or employment while they fight to clear their name. Research by the Institute for Fiscal Studies, or IFS, has revealed almost 2 million people are set to lose over £1,000 a year as a result of the move to universal credit. According to the think tank, low-income families with minimal savings and those claiming disability benefits are expected to be worst hit by the switch to the new benefit system. The IFS said the changes are likely to affect 11 million adults, with 1.9 million expected to lose at least £1,000 each year. Tom Waters, a research economist at the IFS, said many benefits claimants facing large losses would only do so temporarily, but added, even when measuring people's incomes over relatively long periods, universal credit still hits the persistently poor the hardest. (music) Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn attended the funeral of Lyra McKee on Wednesday. A Northern Irish journalist, McKee was shot dead while observing rioting in Derry last week. The new IRA has admitted responsibility for the 29-year-old's killing, claiming its gunman was attempting to shoot police officers. May joined a host of dignitaries attending McKee's funeral, including the Irish PM Leo Varadkar and Northern Ireland Secretary Karen Bradley. Discussing the service, McKee's partner Sarah Canning said it would celebrate the journalist's life and LGBT activism. Public outrage over McKee's death has prompted fresh calls for renewed power sharing between Sinn Féin and the Democratic Unionist Party after the system collapse in 2017. In health news, the Human Fertilisation and Embryology Authority, HFEA, has warned older women are being exploited by IVF clinics. 
The fertility watchdog has accused some private clinics of trading on hope after it found evidence older women were being targeted using selective success rates. Between 2004 and 17, only 1% of women aged 44 or older who underwent IVF were successfully treated. The NHS usually only recommends the treatment to those aged 42 or younger as a result of low success rates among older women. Sally Cheshire, chairwoman of HFEA, said some companies were using blatant sales tactics to persuade vulnerable women to undergo the treatment and has urged private fertility companies to be honest and transparent with women about their chances of success. A new report from the British Medical Association, or BMA, has warned an increasing number of medical professionals are at risk of burnout. According to a BMA survey of more than 4,300 doctors and medical students, 27% of respondents have received a psychiatric diagnosis and 40% are currently suffering from a psychological or emotional condition. Professional stresses appear to have worsened the mental health crisis among medical staff, with 90% reporting that their working, training or studying environment had worsened their condition. Professor Dinesh Bhagra, president of the BMA, has described the survey's findings as a clear call to action, adding... The link between the current pressures on doctors and poor mental health can no longer be ignored. In business news, the consumer group Witch has named Vodafone the UK's worst mobile network provider in its annual survey. It is the eighth year in a row Vodafone has been named the worst network by the survey, which also listed EE and O2 in its bottom three. Vodafone received one-star ratings for its performance in customer service, value for money and technical support, with 20% of the network's customers describing its service as poor. Responding to the results, Vodafone said it was sorry which members were unhappy with its service, adding, We are working hard to understand the issue and what more we can do. Virtual network provider GifGaf came top of the poll, closely followed by Utility Warehouse and PlusNet Mobile. Chancellor Philip Hammond has begun the search for a new governor for the Bank of England. The current governor, Mark Carney, is due to leave the role in January 2020. Carney's tenure has been extended twice since he stepped into the role in July 2013 in an attempt to maintain economic stability during uncertainty over Brexit. Speaking to reporters earlier this month, Carney said there was absolutely no chance of him remaining in the role beyond the January date, despite ongoing delays to the UK's departure from the EU. In a statement, Hammond praised Carney's work, saying his steady hand has helped steer the UK economy through a challenging period. The Chancellor is hoping to appoint a new candidate to the role in October, following an advert for the £480,000 job posted by the Treasury on Wednesday. In sports news, Manchester City footballer Raheem Sterling has spoken out against racism in the sport. In an interview with Sky Sports News, Sterling said more needed to be done to tackle discrimination beyond social media and T-shirt campaigns, arguing it's not any disrespect to kick it out, but what is actually being put in place. Born in Jamaica, Sterling moved to the UK aged five. He has repeatedly faced racist abuse from football fans while playing for Manchester City in England. The 24-year-old has pushed for more substantial and long-term sanctions for racist behaviour during games, saying that's what we need to put in place, something that makes people think more than twice. Elsewhere in the world, a British aid worker has been killed at a holiday resort in Nigeria. Faye Mooney was among 12 tourists travelling from Kaduna to Lagos when the party was attacked by kidnappers. Mooney and a Nigerian man were fatally shot in the incident and three other members of the group were abducted. The British High Commission would not comment on the motive behind the killings and police are yet to identify the kidnappers. A communications specialist, Mooney was working in Nigeria for the aid group Mercy Corps. 
In a statement, the organisation said it was utterly heartbroken over her death, adding, Faye was deeply committed to fostering cross-cultural collaboration and was an inspiration to us all. A comedian has won the Ukrainian presidential election in a landslide victory. Actor Volodymyr Zelensky stormed to victory with over 70% of the vote, despite having no political experience. Incumbent President Petro Poroshenko conceded defeat over the weekend after a near-complete count showed he had won just 24.4% of the votes. Speaking after the results were announced, Zelensky said, Thanks to all the Ukrainian citizens who voted for me, and to all who didn't. I promise I won't mess up. He is best known for his role in the TV series Seven to the People, where he plays a teacher unexpectedly elected president after appearing in a viral video. Zelensky's real-life campaign frequently bore similarities to his on-screen persona, including the 41-year-old's pledge to clean up politics and end corruption. New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern has spoken out against extremist content online as she launches the Christchurch call, saying, I don't think anyone would argue that the terrorists on the 15th of March had a right to livestream the murder of 50 people. A pledge aimed at eradicating terrorist content from the internet. The Christchurch call is set to be discussed at an international summit held in Paris next month. French President Emmanuel Macron has backed the move and called upon tech companies to join the pledge. Ardern has worked to spearhead a movement against terror content online in the wake of the Christchurch mosque attacks last month. 50 people were killed in the shooting, which was live-streamed by the perpetrator on Facebook. Discussing the Christchurch call, Ardern said, It's critical that technology platforms like Facebook are not perverted as a tool for terrorism and instead become part of a global solution to countering extremism. Our facts of the week are A new survey by the National Cyber Security Centre, or NSCO, has revealed the most easily guessed passwords used by Brits online. According to NSCO researchers, 12345 and 12345678 were identified as the most commonly breached passwords worldwide, closely followed by 1111111 and password. The NSCO has advised people to ramp up their online security in the wake of the survey, after researchers found less than half of users said they used a strong, unique password for their email account. A Japanese professor is facing up to 10 years in prison after he allegedly taught his university students how to make ecstasy. 61-year-old Tatsunori Uamura has been likened to Breaking Bad's Walter White, a fictional chemistry teacher who starts manufacturing crystal meth after being diagnosed with cancer. Iwamura has reportedly confessed to teaching students in his class at Matsuyama University how to produce the drug, claiming he wanted to further their knowledge of pharmaceuticals. And finally, a woman has woken up in a clinic in Germany after spending almost three decades in a coma. Munira Abdullah fell into a minimally conscious state after a car accident in 1991. The 59-year-old has now woken up following treatment at the Schon Clinic in Bavaria. While it remains unclear what triggered her recovery, Abdullah's son Omar has described flying with joy after hearing his mother call his name for the first time in 27 years. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.